Hey everybody, Brian King here again. Welcome to the On Purpose Man. We're doing it a little differently this time. Uh, the previous shows we did live on Blab, but unfortunately the internet bandwidth in the Canary Islands where Frank lives was not cooperating with us. So we're doing it pre-recorded and Frank is joining us today and he no doubt is going to add a wealth of wisdom and energy to our dynamic here. So the way today's episode is going to flow, we're going to let Frank talk about his history, his memories of his relationship with his father, and he's also going to share how he came up with the idea that brought three of us together to begin with. And then we're going to segue into the topic for today. So let's begin with Frank. Tell us, where did this idea of yours come from? Well, um the uh, initial uh, start point, some, I think, two or three months ago, was a lady. Because we talked about, uh, like a TV partner, and we talked a bit about uh, what do I, what is she doing, she's working only for a woman. And when she mentioned that, I said, oh, maybe I should do something for men. And she hopped just on that and and we we started to uh to discuss that and it was really uh, i i noticed that it's um, a wish for a long time because i i made the ladies along, I took the plane along, and then uh, we uh, met each other again, but I, I never did it online. So. It, it's funny how many interesting things come from just a an in-the-moment conversation with another Exactly. And I, I was uh, talking to another lady a, a week later, in, and she said, oh, you have to meet Brian. Uh, Brian and, and, and I met Steve uh, some days before. He also said he is on, on that line. And so uh, I met Brian two days later. I think it was a Saturday. And we came up with so much ideas that, that we, we, have to, we have to make something with that. And I said, okay, Steve is uh, on, on the same mission. So, so let, let us three make something. Now, it's gone beyond just working with men or working with women. You know, exactly. we kind of, by putting the three of our heads together, and you had a term, the new man. You know, and the, the term I, I came up with was the unconditional man. But it all really boils down to the fact that we think that what it means to be a man, especially in Western society, is on an evolutionary trend towards Increase vulnerability and authenticity. Exactly. And that there are men that are seeking to do this, but just don't have the role models around them to show them how it's done. So we decided to come together and kind of create this momentum or create a program eventually to show men the way to do this. I think it's not um, any more such uh, thing like a role model because if everybody really ends in, in, in his power and his, his forces and his potentials. So everybody will be different uh, in, in itself and it's no need for uh, a role model. Maybe for the, the, the youngsters, for the uh, 15, 16 year old, 
but not so much for ourselves. If we if we really find our purpose in life, our our inner alignment with that purpose and uh, with with our higher uh, self, I think. Um, also, this is a, a spiritual word, which is also <laughs> much like in business, for example. But um, that brings us in, into that flow, what we need. I think plenty, plenty of men uh, today are working in their business and still working in their old paradigms, still working in competition and, and, and in, in that hard. And, and it will get harder and harder every time. If we show them that there are new paradigms, that there are new uh, rules, what is meant to be a man or what is meant to to be a businessman, man in business, how are we doing business today? So, so I think it it should go into the flow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So our economy almost melted down, you know, half a decade ago because of that old competitive dog-eat-dog paradigm, and now the next generation, the millennials, is demanding more. They want more purpose. They want more accountability. You know, they want something else. And I just wanted to clarify what I meant by role modeling. You know, I had role models of men that I saw that I thought were genuine, that were heartfelt. I have no desire to be them. I just have a desire to walk a similar path. But ultimately, it's Ultimately, it's my journey. It's going to be me doing the walking. So, and I think that's what we're trying to do here. Did mm. one of the things I think Steve and I did in our first episode was we talked about our relationship with our own fathers. And Frank, is is that anything that you want to share about that? Well, my father was a real, um, or is he is still living? Is a real smooth man, and and I saw plenty of loving and between my my parents but he had um, an issue uh, he was working hard for the company he's work, working in and bringing the the problems to the table on on at home so even he was a uh, uh, not that normal social like uh, uh, strong uh, father he was not there for us and of course, I have been scattering for 30 years, and he didn't understand what is art. Mm. Now I'm making coaching, he don't understand even what I'm doing. And I still, I still, I still want to want him to understand me, to understand and respect what I'm doing. And there's no way. You're only doing something there and, 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 and losing your money and losing your time. You know? And that hurts me. So I think we all um, are looking for the, um, what is it called in English? Um, the accreditation of, of, of our fathers. Oh, our validation. Validation. Yeah. Uh, validation. Okay. And uh, that could be a um, hard thing sometimes, uh, depending on how uh, conscious we are about that. Because I saw people uh, falling in drugs and alcohol, even with 50s, uh, because they don't get, get that from. Yeah, and 
one thing I think Steve and I talked about, I don't remember which, which episode we discussed it in, is sometimes you need to let go of that. Mm-hmm. Because it's just not there, especially when you see how quickly society is evolving. The generational gap gets wider so quickly that it can be harder and harder for you to ask your forebears to embrace, accept, let alone understand what the heck you're doing. <laughs> you know? So it, it was very liberating when I was able to make peace with not getting my father's validation, you know, realizing that I didn't need it. And you know, I was able to spread my wings after that. Funny things. I spoke uh, two hours ago to a twenty-seven year, uh, years old girl, and I know she, her since she's one year old because she's her father was my best friend, hmm. and she said the same what you said to me. You have to let go, Dad. They are so so <laughs> conscious now that uh, that uh, that young generation. I, I I I was astonished. I I wanted to make uh, some coaching with her, and and it was just she knew it. She knew the techniques out mm. of herself. So it's really really nice to see that 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 new generation, um, born about eighty uh, nine to 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 two thousand, is in that. Um, in that consciousness. They are born with that consciousness. Yeah, the younger kids don't, can't grow up with the privilege of denial like we did when we were kids because they grew up with a 24-hour news cycle and everything in their face. So they're very aware of this world that we live in. You know, they're having to learn some truths very, very young. Well, yeah, and I think one of the things that, that contributes to that not only is it is the news, but also just how free information is. And I don't mean just, you know, cost wise, I mean that it's available all the time, that it's, that you see a much more global environment than, than what I saw when I was, when I was a kid. When I, I remember two things when I was young, there were like two countries in the world. It was the United States and Russia. And, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, other, other than that. And it was this total enmity between the two states. Um, yeah, it I, was black and white, the good ones and the bad ones, right? Exactly, yeah. And there's still a lot of that. I mean, I see that a, a lot, especially during this political um, uh, campaigning going on right now this year. Um, but there's so much more available. Um, you know, and going earlier off, off of what Brian was and you, Frank, were saying about role models is that I think when, when we are authentic, when we're vulnerable and when we follow our, our higher selves or our purpose, when we look to find that, that each one of us is going to have our own individual role. You know, I, I look at the business this is that each one of us run the, the type of coaching that we do and we're all very unique. Um, but we also kind of have the same commitment to being authentic and being vulnerable and, and being real. Um, 
you know, and I think that's, that's a new dynamic. Instead of there being one way, there are many ways. And not one way is necessarily better than another. <laughs> and I think uh, even it's, it's important to see that this individuality, uh, former time, it was just individual. And I think now the individuum has to be embedded in the society and accept that and, and respect it, you know? That's one of the new paradigms I'm plenty uh, of times talking about. The new time, uh, in the new era of, of Aquarius, um, and the new paradigms. And I think it's it's now coming to, to not to be the, this single soldier and, and or 007 or something like that, but, but integrated and if, if everybody finds his um, individuality, his, his authenticity, and it's, it's a great world because I, I give something which is really mine. You give something which is re you, really yours. You know, there's, there's no mechanic who, d who don't like to be mechanic. He loves the mechanic, and and, and like like uh, one man told me, he was his father was very good with with the uh, with the cars. If, if there's a, a hit in the car, I don't know what is he called. A dent. Oh yeah, the um, body. Yeah, and he knew exactly where to give a hit that that come out. Mm -hmm. And so so he was he was really genius. Yeah. Huh? It one 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 hit and 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 it came out and was like like before, but of course he he couldn't tell that the the, the clients because they would say oh you you charge me one hundred uh, pounds for one hit or one hundred dollars it couldn't be <laughs> <laughs> so he he said to right. them here and and look for it in two days <laughs> yeah my response would have been okay you go ahead and do it then. And you'll be paying me for two debts. Yeah. You know, you don't know yeah, how to right. do that. <laughs> well, who was it that's, I think there was, I don't remember which artist it was, but they sold the, the painting for whatever it was, you know, a fair chunk of change. And uh, the, the comment was, you know, you didn't pay me for this painting. You pay, paid me for the lifetime that, that led to be able to do this painting. Um, I like that. So, uh, yeah, Joseph Boys even even signed uh, washing machines, like an art, because he he said the creativity itself is art. Mm -hmm. It's not something out there. Everybody could do it. Yeah, I think one of the things I'm going to start using now is you're not paying me for the advice. You're paying me to save you all the pain and anguish it takes to learn that. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So you don't have to go through the same stuff that I had to go through in order yeah. to get. Yeah, yeah. No, I, would have paid, <laughs> I would have paid good money to not have to go through it in order to know <laughs> what I know without having to go through the uh, hell that I went through. Amen to that. And. You know, it, it's an unfortunate way, but we're talking about pain and agony. And, you know, before we jumped on the, the call today, Steve was reflecting upon the, uh, the mass shooting that just took place in Orlando, where, um, it's anybody's guess, 
a, uh, a young man of Middle Eastern descent decided to take a, a semi-automatic rifle, went into a gay nightclub and killed upwards of 50 people. And the, the aftershocks of that are still being felt. And because it was a gay club, it again raises that question of what does it mean to be a man? Because you know, there's this, one of the, the many insults that we throw about is the girly man. You know, you're too sensitive or you're too weak. And, mm. you know, the reality is, you know, what we've been talking about in all of our episodes and just amongst ourselves in general is the idea that what it means to be human and also what it means to be a man exists on a continuum. It's not you're a man or you're not. It's, as Frank was saying, you're the individual, but you're also part of the community. You know, there's some sameness, but there's also some difference. So where would you like to take that topic, Steve? Well, I think there's a couple things to, to go off of that. First of all, there are a, a couple of things that, an article, two articles that I read yesterday, as well as a video, and, and to go off the kind of the Middle Eastern theme, and something that we talked about earlier with the you know United States versus Russia, is that we have this enmity thing going on that you know that we see people as black or white, um, and I'm not talking race, um, but that you know there are a lot of people who are really upset about everybody, and I mean literally everybody that's in the Middle East or from the Middle East. You know that's completely unfair. Um, the video that I watched yesterday was a series of, I don't know, maybe 12 different um, Muslims in this case. And they all talked about how different and unique each of them was. That uh, there was a, a physician in there. There was, um, you know, a, a gay Muslim. There was a, uh, you know, it, it was just a, a lot of variety within that culture, and, and we tend to think of, of these homogenous groups that they're all the same, which is completely not true. And I think that, you know, we say the same thing with, uh, you know, the, the shooting in the nightclub is that we have a tendency to group all these people together that we think, you know, well, they're gay or they're, you know, they're homosexual or, or whatever. But they're along that continuum, I mean, there's an awful lot of variety. And I, and I think that personally, I think that variety and that diversity and the, the different perspectives and ex life experiences is really a beautiful thing and that we really miss out when we, you know, limit it to just being black and white. Um, and I think it's an opportunity for us to look within and to see where we stand on the matter and, you know, how do we react to it? Um, a friend of mine on, on Facebook asked, you know, when we heard the news that there was a shooting in this nightclub and that 50, 49 people technically got, were killed, um, that, you know, we reacted one way. And then when we heard that, that it was a, a gay nightclub, you know, did we react differently? Um, you know, did our, our reaction change? And to be honest, it did change for me, and it, I mean, it made it even more sad because I mean, it was you know this, it wasn't just you know this kind of random thing, but it was a targeted group. Um, you know, I I just think that 
kind of enmity and that that uncomfortableness that we have with people that are different from us, you know, is really a sad thing. I think we can really start to open our eyes and to see the humanity and the, the common thread that, that goes through each of us. Um, you know, I experienced that here also plenty of times. We are an island which is very common of holidays, and plenty, plenty of people come here, especially Germans, or from my country, are coming for, for living here or being here half a year oh, over the winter. But most of them don't speak Spanish. Mm. And they 20 years here, they have a house built up and, and all those things, and they nearly can can buy a thing in a restaurant, and that's that's a sad thing. So they they also make groups together. They they are too comfortable to to learn Spanish or to to, to learn another language. They experience that also in 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 Germany with the Turkish people, for example. Uh, the Turkish people are together, even the Rus Russians are together, and and. and and of times they they don't contact with the with the, um, um, with the people with the with the um, village which which where they are living in. So they just kind of cluster together instead of trying to reach out and connect with the larger community. Exactly. Exactly. That happens in the states as well. You have the some of the major cities that have, you know, Chinatown and little Italy, and you have you have people that have lived their their entire lives. And some of these areas are so big, and you have everything you need. There's no real need to go beyond that, and they don't learn the language of the, the larger population because they've managed to make a small enough world for themselves that they don't need to. Yeah. You know, we see that also just, I mean, regardless of, of nationality, we, I mean, go back to high school, you know, with all the, clicks, oh, yeah. you know, you had the jocks and you had the nerds and you had the, for me, the, the kind of the new waivers or the punks or whatever, um, you know, and, and they all clustered together and didn't really, uh, for lack of a better word, cross pollinate. Um, you know, and today, you know, we see the same thing with professions. The engineers hang out with engineers. The, the accountants hang out with the, you know, the business people hang out with the business people and the artists hang out with the artists, you know, and there's, there's not a whole lot of um, intermixing between different kind of uh, ways of being. And I think, we, you know, we can probably look at that in just about any grouping or clustering that that goes on that you know that we see the world through our own lens and we're comfortable with people that see the have those same lenses that they're using uh, we're know, coming it, to the normal thing again which we talked in the beginning you know, to be normal is is to to um fulfill the the norms of the group we're in yeah and, and it's also favoring Safety at the expense of growth. You know, you want to keep things so familiar that yeah. you, you don't have to risk your ideas being questioned. You know, the things that you've latched on to all these years. You, you get into your own little group think. 
you know, which is basically, I'm going to hang around people that agree with me, and any, any outsiders are dangerous. So we need to lock them away. You see that in right. Congress every single day. Oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're, we create the enemy again. Yeah. yeah. The, the enemy is anybody who might teach us. Yeah, right. right. So, yeah. so what do we do with this, gentlemen? I mean, the, the fact that we are living in a world where there are some people that really want to grow. They really want to reach out. They want to make a difference. But then you have these other groups of people that are so, you know, caught up in their own worldview, so caught up in protecting the way they see things that they go out of their way to cause pain for the other people who are just saying, hey, I just want us to, to understand one another. I just want us to, to learn from one another. And here you are telling me that I shouldn't have rights. I, I should die. I'm, I'm a wimp. You know, whatever else they come up with. You know, where do we go from here? How do we address this? Well, I think the first thing, honestly, is to begin with the individual. I mean, I, I know that it, I've given, especially over the years, I've been given plenty of opportunity to, to look within and to say, you know, do I, do I see otherness, however that otherness may be, um, as a threat to me? Or do I see it as an opportunity? And to be honest, I mean, at times I definitely see it as a threat. The, you know, the, the more, and one of the things that, that shows up for me very frequently is, is uh, you know, kind of the more linear or uh, analytical or, and honestly, that's part of me too. I, I'm, I'm much more comfortable around the creative person than I am around the, the more rigid. But there's an awful lot that I can learn from, you know, the more straight and narrow type of person. My my father-in-law is very much that way. And we don't see eye to eye hardly ever, but uh, there's an awful lot of wisdom that, that's available there that when I do see it out. And then, you know, once we get, so we start at the individual, we started, you know, at our, our, ourselves, and then we expand from there to our community you know, to our families and to our neighbors and to, you know, the people we go to church with or, or go to school with or go to, you know, whatever. Um, you know, and because we can have an impact on our, our immediate circle of, of influence. It's kind of hard to to have an impact with people that you, you don't have any, any interaction with. But if we, if we each do that, you know, it can have a ripple effect that, you know, starting out, it's one of the reasons we're doing this, this, you know, the on-purpose man is so that we can have a, a greater and greater ripple effect on, on the culture. Um, and continue to ha have this dialogue, you know, and just yeah. think about, you know, engineers hanging out with engineers. I've tried to understand what these guys do when they try to explain it to me. <laughs> I don't get it. But here's the thing. I still realize that engineers have a purpose in society. So if I were to say, man, that stuff sounds boring. Oh, that sounds stupid. And I believed that my take on things was the way it is. You know, so there's a big sense of self-importance that we really need to unlearn. So we can say, oh, I hate math, but darn it, am I glad for my accountant. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, otherwise, I'd be in real trouble. I don't, under, yeah. I don't understand medicine, but I'm grateful for my doctor. You know, all those things, they serve a purpose. 
right. whether I get it or not. And I can embrace and support those people and what they do. And I have no doubt that, and I read this in, a, in an article someplace, that, you know, all you guys that are, you know, gay bashing or whatever wearing your fancy suits, why don't you do the research and see how many gays were involved in designing that suit? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's possible. Maybe, maybe none. Maybe none were. But, you know, maybe, maybe some were. But it's a very interesting question, you know, that you don't realize. Like I was watching, um, you know, after Orlando, you saw this cap that said, you know, proud American or whatever, but the tag inside said made in China. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so it, it really causes us to be constantly aware of where do our priorities actually lie? You know, are we pumping our fists and giving, you know, false patriotism? Or are we putting our money where our mouth is? Right. You know, and I think one of the things that, that brought the three of us together is that we're committed to walking our talk. You know, not just pointing our fingers and saying, you should do this and these people should change, but we're really looking to, to be part of that change. Yeah, and I think part of that is recognizing, you know, that we individually need to get uncomfortable sometimes. You know, that, that our way of being isn't, you know, hey, look at me and, and you know, all you got to do is live like I do. But, you know, that we're all trying to grow and that we're all trying to expand our, our awareness and, and uh, you know, our, our way of being and interacting with people and with ourselves, for that matter. Um, it's an evolving thing. Absolutely. Frank, you were going to say? Yeah. Um, I, forgot. <laughs> I forgot what I wanted to say. But I heard uh, some time ago uh, a good example for that. What he told, told the story is that um, imagine that that you're living uh, with with uh, asphalt. All this is um, what's it called in English? You're sticking to the asphalt, and all all around is dirt. And, and, and everybody got a, a, a gift from God. Mm. And one is, is uh, pulling out the gift, all, all others are putting it aside. Oh, when I need it, I will, I'll, I will open it. And it makes you clean. You don't stick to the asphalt, you don't. And you go there, and the people first say, oh, look at that guy, it's, it's uh, uh, a strange thing. And, and some will uh, say, hello, how do you do that? And you say, just uh, reveal uh, the gift you got. Yeah, yeah. And some will, will do that also. So this some, two or three, now we are four, which going without sticking to the, to the asphalt. And so it, it's going on. So, so I, th I think this the thing, what you said, Brian, before, that we, we are example. So much role model but examples uh, where some some people say, "Oh, like this young lady I, I spoke to hours ago." She said, "You know what? I come down to Tenerife and 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 you teach me." Oh, you know, in this moment, uh, she's interested in something in something new in in expansion, and she's looking for it. 
and you take the the thing which is which is near, which you see. Oh, you always has a, have been uh, a special since I can think. Yeah. And so, so that's the thing I think we have to. I like also the speech of of Nelson Mandela when he got president. There's a part in it uh, where it says, "If you do something which is special, if you step out into your greatness, you automatically give the allowance to the others to do the same." Mm -hmm. So this explodes the norms of the group. If you invited to a group. And you're speaking about that, or you you you're showing them it's possible. I'm doing that. So they say, "Oh wow, yeah, it's something more than I thought could be." Because the environment is also taking the information, and this it's shifting. So so we can make a shift, I think, in in this um, sense in this moment. But it will be drops. And we have to we have to wait for the critical mass to to get <laughs> to get more exposure or more uh, global uh, energy. Frank, I think yeah. something well, you just say, say, Frank, I think something you just said is a perfect way to to wrap up our conversation. Is when you talked about what Nelson Mandela was saying that when you stand out there in a very unique way, you're giving others an invitation to do the same. And I think that's what the three of us are looking to do as well. You know, we're inviting into this conversation. I think it's a permission, not only the invitation. Absolutely. Because they need when, that. when they need we can do it, we step on the other side of our fear and we show that not only can this be okay, this can work, but you can be happy. You, you can live this way and the world will not come to an end. And then you invite them to join you in that as well. And the reason why we do these broadcasts, the reasons why we started the On Purpose Man group in Facebook is to invite other men to have this conversation with us. And if there are enough of us talking about it, you know, then hopefully it will begin to blossom and spread. And before you know it, this shift that we see taking place anyway, that we are embracing instead of resisting, you know, it can begin to to shift society in a much better way. Yeah, I once had a had a guy. He was a, a bricklayer, a normal bricklayer, and he wasn't saying some uh, um, plenty things uh, in this his uh, seminar. But at the end, he made one question. He said, "Okay." If we're coming to the area of aquar uh, of Aquarius now, so I know what what was in the area of of, of um, era of of Pisces because I'm, I was living there. How are the 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 new paradise? And I thought, oh, and what thoughts is making a bricklayer? And he, he if he is pulling out that thoughts in his group. When he's he's making a wall or something when he's on, on work, the other will say, "Oh, what uh, what uh, ideas?" But then they hear it maybe on the radio or in a, in a podcast. Also say, "Oh, that's the second time I heard that." The uh, our guy uh, would would have been right. 
And so it's it's spreading the word, I think. It's one form of spreading the word. So let's continue to spread the word. Steve, thanks again. Frank, I'm so glad that we were finally able to find the right combination of technology and internet. So that yeah, me too. Conversation. <laughs> so those of you who are watching this on replay, uh, go look us up on Facebook at the On Purpose Man Group. Uh, join us in the conversation and show us what it means to bring your unique man to the world. Talk to you uh, again soon, guys. Good to talk to you all.